Welcome back, everyone, to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, well, it's kind of a throwback to Invisible Scott. So yeah. <laughs> we're uh, we're doing something a little bit different for the beginning part of the show. So it's not it's not what you've become accustomed to, everyone. Uh, but we will get there eventually. But enough of the uh, the nonsense at the beginning of the show, Scott. We have actually. A lot of ground to cover because there's a bunch of things going on. There's a bunch of things to update, you know, everybody about. Uh, it, and to start with, I think the best place is, well, what's been going on behind the scenes with the new committee cards? Uh, everybody out there who's listening to this or watching this on YouTube, if you haven't already, you can check out some of the testing on the Vector Sigma info YouTube page. But Obviously, it's not just those brief snippets you see when we're we're live streaming things over on Dan's Twitch channel or on YouTube or elsewhere. So, Scott, what what should people be aware of that they may have missed if they haven't list, haven't checked it out since the last time we spoke about it? I think the main things are that so like last Saturday we had a patron. I don't want. I guess it was a tournament. I mean, like we actually had rounds and people played against each other. Um, so it was like a fun little tournament where everyone had to use one or more of the stratagems. We assigned them out to people, um, but everybody got to make their own decks. Um, and I think there was 10 people, I want to say, that, that participated. Sounds about um, right. Yeah, so it, it was basically some live playtesting. Um, and we got to see some of, the, some of the interactions. We got to see how community members would have built decks given, given the opportunity to, as opposed to like... I guess, like, with the decks that we would have built. I think there's Um, something important about that, that it's kind of, if everybody remembers way back to when you were in grade school, you write a paper or you're doing work, it's very difficult to check your own work for mistakes sometimes or for mm -hmm. not even necessarily mistakes, but just you when you create something and then hand it off to someone completely independent, someone who has not been involved in the creation process you learn a lot because it's just, okay, they, they're coming at it with a blank slate. They don't have this huge history of, well, I originally intended this, but I thought that this would happen, and therefore the decision tree broke down this way. They're just going, well, this is the final product in front of me and using their own experiences. So I think it was, it was really important to get this in front of people outside of us. Yeah, I think it's really important. I think, like, we're... I guess we're beta testing as far as like, you know, as like software development would go. I mean, like we're not, we're not behind closed doors and then going to just gonna give these out. And then no one's had an opportunity to use them except for us. Like that's right. not the way it's going. Like it's I mean, more in the, the, I mean, we're not doing it this way where everything's forever in alpha or beta, even though it's publicly released, but it is more of a, a public beta test than, what it could have been easily like we Mm -hmm. we could have easily just said no we're going to test it we're going to do our own stuff and then just drop it out there into the world but i think there's a lot of advantages to having all these outside parties involved yeah and the one thing i will say is that like we are we set up the experiment for example of that event to only be testing the stuff against itself um and in future things we're basically going to be having the the control strategies which is what which is basically what we do like that's that's the test testing methodology that we're going through like we're only right. testing I, I know when i've tested like i've only tested against basically sky shadow um i'm kind of like, in the same boat <laughs> i mean that is, that is the bar for most intents and purposes yeah so i mean like that's that's kind of what we need to understand is where these things stack up against and it's it, it's like there are obviously other meta decks which we can get into, which we'll of get course. into. But like, I think that needs to be the, and it's okay that it would like not be stellar against that. It's just that we need to understand why or how, because that's one of the bars as it stands right now. That like we need to like if you, if you're if you're ten ninety against that, there's really no point. Right. Um. We're as so, we've said before, we're not trying to just hunt everything that's the existing meta into the sun it's supposed to be in addition to therefore <laughs> these things that scott's talking about they're still going to exist 
or at least that's the plan. So, if that's the case, yeah. If you're staring down the barrels of Sky Shadow and it's just unwinnable, that card probably has to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> right. And so, like, so we're definitely learning certain things about, and it's not just about the Wave 1 stuff, it's just just the format in general and how how cards need to be created or adjusted in our in our case right now they're adjusted but it's it's basically learning in for like the information isn't going to go away because the format isn't going to go away right so it's like it's like we're not the, the, the point of this is there's no wave six coming out to save us from the wave five metagame I, I don't mean that like it's awful, although there's a lot of paints out there that it is. <laughs> yeah, um, I was about to say you, you may <laughs> so you may have some uh, dissent among the community from that. Right. So so if we if, if we continue that line of thinking, which I'm which is not necessarily my opinion, but I I, I don't I don't really care one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But the point is there is there isn't going to be an, an officially sanctioned next wave that's going to then change the metagame away from this. So right, you know, like. We, we, we really have to take this into consideration when we're doing our work, which is why, like, we're not, which is why we're going at a, at a, at a measured pace because, right. It, again, like, we want these cards to see play. And if they aren't, quote, play it, like, to me, when you're looking at it from a tournament scene perspective, which is our focus, the decision's very binary. It's, will this card see play or won't it? And if it isn't because of a certain reason, then whatever that reason is, like if it fails the first two tests immediately, then it's then it's definitely not going to see play. Then like we have to go back to the drawing board and figure out a way to make it to change that. So exactly, and there's there's a lot of discussion going on behind the scenes that we're gonna not specifically in this episode, but future episodes and in other mediums that will be looping everybody out there in on. I know. Throughout the Discord, Dan tends to drop a number of spoilers and uh, uh, little teasers here and there, which I think is a lot of fun, and uh, it gets people engaged because we want to make sure that people are... The process is transparent to everyone Mm -hmm. as to what's going on, and I think that's important going forward as we're doing it as well. And to reiterate what Scott said, the intent is we want these things to be playable, but it's not... It's a very fine line to walk, I think, mm-hmm. and we've definitely had that discussion internally about ensuring that we're not becoming overburdening from a meta perspective or under-delivering. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a very, it's a very delicate balance. Yeah, it's it's very hard to strike that balance, and I think it's become way more difficult in this meta than it would have been in past ones. Right, just the way I just the way I've thought about things. And we've kind of had conversations about that in the past, and we'll definitely continue to have them probably when we release more information. Mm. But especially especially when we reach a point where we're actually creating cards, um, I think there are certain things that need to be understood. I think we and I think we had conversations. We've had we. It's funny we touched on this in the past lightly, but I feel like I feel like there's there's way more like it was just a question that got asked by the audience one time about like. Like, what does a card need to do to be playable in this meta? Right. And like, it's still it's still a question that I thought I thought was like, is is a key tenant as to what we're doing? Because I still I still think it's something that needs to be very very much understood. Because and I've noticed in my own testing, if it if it doesn't meet this this rubric, in my mind, it has failed. Right. There are standards, and they've certainly changed, and we've talked about the, like, we beat this horse into a pulp, but the the standards for the game, whether it's characters or battle cards, you talk about even subsets of that, specific pip combinations, quantities of numbers, as in, is it two or three damage? Is it one or two damage? Is it certain defense values? Is it whatever? All of these standards, all of these requirements for different cards have changed throughout the course of the game. And this entire process has illuminated exactly and informed what we're looking at going forward as well. Not to get into like, well, what's coming after this, but clearly 
decisions now, just like what would have happened under official sets. It's okay. Well, if we do this here, that's going to impact this thing two down the line, five down the line, however many down the line, because we're setting a standard with this particular statistic, or we're deciding that this particular strategy is now going to be buffed, nerfed, whatever. And these are things that probably as I'm saying them and people are hearing it or or watching it and hearing it seem obvious. Yes, of course, things you're doing now are going to impact what you do later, but the scope of which may not necessarily be obvious. And I know that sounds very vague, but it's, it's very much, you have to very cautiously tread in this sort of territory. Yeah. And, and there, there's domino effects to every decision that's made. And, um, you know, this will influence future decisions at the same time. Like there are just, there are just tenets of things that, again, that like we need to keep in mind and that like, I mean, are they, would they be easy to fix? Like, sure. Like obviously there's things that can be done to eliminate some of these problems, but that's not really our goal right away. And so like, we want to keep the game as intact as possible that we feel is fair but there's a certain rubric that then has to be followed as a result of it. Right. And so it just, it just becomes very difficult and a lot of back and forth and a lot of like a lot there, there there's even understanding of that. Like, cause I feel like at this point in the, in the game in general, if this was not obviously the world we live in now, like we obviously would have had events. We probably obviously would have still had a game. Um, that too. But, <laughs> um, but like there the easiest way I can describe it is, like, I remember, remember when I used to play Magic and, like, play in limited draft events. There was, like, a rule. Like, like there were certain rules that would come out. Like, this was clearly the strategy you wanted to draft in unless, you, unless this happened. And it was, like, a like a flow chart in a way. But, right. you know, um, this happened in WoW, too. Like, there were certain things that would... It, it was especially true in drafting because it was something that you had to do on the fly. But even in, even in constructed formats it's the same way. Uh, there are just certain rules that you need to follow. And there are certain tenets of the format that, that are there. And I feel like if, 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 if it was the regular world, the event would have like, you would have seen this bear out. Right. And so you would, you would have been able to adjust your thinking or adjust your anything. And, and now that's kind of being done it's not being done in a vacuum because it's being done in the areas that are existing. Like there is no other way to do it. Like other than right. the results that we're, we're doing and others are doing, but it's not as, I guess it's a little less public if that makes sense. Like just mm-hmm. because, but that also isn't the focus if that makes sense. So maybe yeah. I'm going off on a tangent. But no, I, I, I mean, it, assuming I'm interpreting you correctly, I think you're absolutely right that, It boils down to that this is because of the role we've kind of assumed by virtue of the project that there's a lot of undiscovered territory. And those rules that you were talking about that may have existed as things evolved or we just don't have that data outside of the online events that are happening or our own testing and those sort of things. So obviously it's, it's a smaller set of information. But it's all that exists anyway, so what does it matter? Like, you know? Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you can only so. work with what you have. We can't just conjure it out of thin air, so. Yeah. So. So while Scott is yeah. getting set up, we can, everybody can see him now. We're back to normal. <laughs> um, Scott, let's move into the next topic, and that's actually, well, a recently finished event, our constructed event. So... It actually got taken down, everybody out there, believe it or not, by Fortress Maximus, which is, to me, really cool. I mean, it's nice to see these unique decks. It's nice to see... I mean, Metroplex had flash-in-the-pan results. Obviously, Trypticon is not even on the planet of tournament results, for the most part. So it's cool that the this box topper slash promo card 
was able to make a splash. Uh, just from a, and also just obviously the one tall strategy being very much a unicorn within the game for the most part. So that, aside from it being unique, or even outside of Fortress Maxima, did anything strike you as, or stood out to you from this past event, Scott? Um, I mean, I think the typical contenders did well otherwise. Um, I think the two outliers to me were... Like we talked last time about like the swap heads deck and, and the Fortress Maximus. What impressed me about the Fortress Maximus version and the way I saw it play was that it was and and, and I, I know you've said this in the past, but it's 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 a little bit different for Fortress Maximus than it is for Metroplex because mm-hmm. in Metroplex you're trying to assemble things just for a singular purpose. And here I thought it what was very interesting to me was um the reliance on Cerebros as the the main. I was going to say that, yeah. Because I think because what is it? Is he, is he like six nine one? Like what is what is it? Where is that? Yeah, I believe he's six nine X. That's the part I'm not sure about. But he's it's very much, and you kind of beat me to it. Mm-hmm. It's arguably a Cerebros deck, not a Fortress Maximus deck. I mean, obviously the cards go hand in hand, but. The games that I observed, including the finals, it was, yes, Cerebros carried a lot of weight. Yeah. Clearly, you had Fortress Maximus putting in work prior to that. Oh, he's actually only uh, 6-8-1. Okay. But, yeah, he's... I was shocked by... Wait, 8 attack? Am I seeing this wrong? No, Fortress Maximus is 8 attack. Right. Yeah. I, I was sure. looking at chat for a second. They said mm-hmm. they said eight attack LOL. And I'm like, wait a minute, which one are we talking yeah. about? Yes, exactly. But uh so going back to the point, it definitely feels as though Cerebros was really the focal point of the deck. I think the Grax edition was definitely unique. I know earlier versions that I was playing were running other Titan Masters, so I thought that was pretty cool. It seems logical in retrospect, but Congratulations to Christian for taking that down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, the other the other thing I was going to say to add to that is it 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 played in a certain way where it was like he had to know exactly what cards to play, exactly what cards were in his scrap pile at all times to get back the right things. It wasn't like and, and like it it was situationally dependent, but at the same time, it was like. Um, he had like uh when when he had an advantage, I guess he had more opportunity to play more things. There was something at that, that time. Yeah, there was something this is gonna sound silly, but in playing a lot of card games over the years, the most fun I've had is with tutor effects, where it's just I can go find the thing that I want to do this turn. So in this game we don't really have that, you know, there's nothing that says go search your deck for X, put it into your hand. Mm-hmm. But in watching the games, it very much appeared that way because he constantly was holding a scrap pile of like 20 plus cards and then mm-hmm. just going, oh, well, I'll get this armed hovercraft because your sky shadow is at one health and kill it on your turn. Or I'll go get hollow matter or I'll go get whatever. And I don't know, that just stood out to me, and I thought it was really cool. It, it definitely looks like a lot of fun to play as well. Yeah, I was really impressed. Um, and and it does the typical thing that a Titan does, which is give your opponent less time. And even though this format is pretty much dominated by a single flipping character and two non-flipping characters most of the time, unless you're wider than that, and then it's basically just your flip-to-get-in-the-right-mode type of decks. Mm-hmm. Um, but either one of those strategies you don't really have the time and the, like, the, the big example to me is horrible. If you can't play two black cards a turn because you really only have one turn, like, one continuous turn all the time. Right. Like, you can only play cards, like, once every three turns instead of every turn, basically. Like, the damage you're dealing is clearly... Like, any misstep there, where you're, if you're not playing an upgrade at an ability every single time... Right. Like you, it's just... Damage you're never, literally never going to get back. Exactly. Uh, so, um, so yeah, that, that I think that I think the typical Titan thing still continues to affect the meta in that way. 
Um, so that was pretty impressive to me. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts either on the event in particular or the meta as a whole, Scott, that, you know, it, the next up, well, the, the event we're going to talk about in a few minutes is not the same format. And we'll preface that when we get there. And the next event after that, if I'm not spoiling too much, is also not going to be the standard meta or the standard right. format. So it may be a little while before we circle back to this. So any, I don't want to say closing thoughts on it, but any any Maybe. thoughts on it at, after seeing all the results of this? Uh, I don't think it's a very good format. Um, I don't think it's um, a very dynamic format. I don't think it's a very um, difficult format, if that makes sense. Um, I don't think there's a lot of, I don't think there's a lot of like, there is a lot of play to it because I, I do think that the cream of the player skill still continues to rise to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a deck very, building perspective, you're saying for all that stuff. Yeah, but tier one is like literally like three decks wide, like if that, mm-hmm. like it's 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 really just it, it's very. I mean, I guess it's I guess it's about that wide, um, but it like it, it's it's a lot of the same shells with like very similar partners. Like, you know, different 10 drops to play with Sky Shadow. It's different. You know, the Quake decks all look the same. The the Perceptor decks are basically Sky Shadow or something else. Um, it's, um, it's really... Or it's like... It's, it's very much dominated by multiple Titan Masters. Of course. Not, not one, like multiple all the time. And yeah. <laughs> We've definitely talked about that also to <laughs> beating the dead horse again of the power in the Titan Masters, both from the mechanic and the actual text on these particular characters, does seem to choke out a lot of the other options. Yeah, and and you know, I continue to play games where it's like my turn just gets quote interrupted in the middle of it by a head popping off and things like that. And that continues to I think I don't. I think that's something that, like, despite most people in these events, this wasn't their first event um, with it. But it's still something you have to get used to. Yeah, it's something that the game is forever changed. I mean, I guess you could say that about any given set, but this one especially. Especially given the circumstances. Yes. I would well, there, there's that too. <laughs> literally, literally forever. Yes. Yes, that is that is also true. Um, I guess only other thing I would ask you about this is compared to previous ones, like previous metas, I mean, whether it's specifically after a set or, or shuffling within set A and set B, because you had said that you didn't feel that this was a very good one. Do you feel that it, it's just the quantity of strategies? Because you had thrown out there, and I'm not holding you to the number three, but let's yeah, let's yeah. say it's three decks right now. Previous one was say four is it really that much of a difference or is it or compared to other metas for that matter what particularly about this one makes it worse than say wave two or wave three it's not that well so in those other metas the the best card still rose to the top Mm. but there was a lot of room to actually like the decks themselves would evolve over time like I mean, you know, like, uh, we would have a deck day one, and by the end of the format, it was literally, could be the same exact deck, like, with literally, like, 20 cards different. Here, because it's so aggro-dominant, and so, like, pip-dominated, there's no room to really change that. So, would you say that the format was solved too quickly as a result of the cards that were available? Uh, yeah, that's probably sort of fair. I don't um, know if that's actually, I'm just throwing statements out there. I'm not trying to like pigeonhole you into this or something. No, I think, I think that's sort of fair. Um, but even if that wasn't the case, like there isn't a lot of room to do anything else is the problem. Mm-hmm. Like that's, 
that's the big issue. Like, like, so what? So I'm going to play, I don't know, like I'm going to play precision fire over rock toss. Like, is that a decision? Like, or I'm going to play like, um, reckless charge this week, or I'm going to play one shall stand with my Titan masters. Like it's really not, it's unless you like there, there isn't a lot of like, even the decks that are similar, there's still 32 battle cards. The same. Right. We have and had so, that before, but it's been, I would say it, it was expected at the, like, for example, wave one. Yeah. You're well, probably going to, yeah. Like that. Well, that's what I'm saying is right. you know, that's what you expect. And then as time went on, waves two, waves three, waves four, obviously things diversified from there just because sheer abundance of options. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, clearly you're, you're not talking in most cases, literally every card in the set, it's, a subset that qualifies for competitive play, but you can have some fluctuations between the actual 40 card lists, or I guess in Fort Max's case, the 46 card list. But, uh, <laughs> right, right. On purpose, though. What was that? On purpose, though. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. He didn't accidentally just throw yeah. six cards in there. Yeah. No, um, I mean, like, I mean, it was intentional because of the three. Yeah. He added specific yeah. in purpose for it, not just because he yeah. liked the number 46, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I, I can definitely hear what you're saying where it's, there is some stagnation in, or maybe more than some stagnation in the deck list themselves by virtue of all of the things that we've, you know, harped on for however long now. Plus, yeah, it's, and then, it's been and quite then, a, a long while that we've had this, so. Yeah, I mean, which again, like, I, I think we've mentioned in the past, but I'll mention it again because we've had a, had a show in a couple weeks. Um, we may be more jaded to it than others because we've been playing with it since, like, February, and most people probably haven't been playing with it since May physically. Um, so, I mean that there may be something jaded to that um but at the same time like unless you won't like again like we're not running this back to back but there are other events going on at the same time and it's like the same types of results are are, are seeing themselves like basically right. like it's different I, again it may not be the exact same thing but it's just different flavors of this it's like it's like Briar's mint chocolate chip versus like Turkey Hills mint chocolate chip. Like it's not, <laughs> right. it's not, uh, it's not even like strawberry and mint chocolate chip. Or yeah. something like that. I don't it's think it's an, ex- it's not an exact science to, to where that line is, but I can definitely agree with you that it's, there are differences. Don't get us wrong. There, it's not as though every time you go up against sky shadow and perceptor, it's these 40 cards. And then the next time you go up against sky shadow and horrible, it's these 40 cards. And then the next time right. you see a quake, it's these, there are variations, but is it a meaningful variation where, like, it, when was the last time you sat down, and this is a general question, not for anybody in particular, Billy, like, when was the last time you sat down across from a Quake deck and went, wow, that's weird that that card's in there? Right. right. <laughs> it's like, wow, that really took me, but that, like, that thing blew me out. Like, I, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's screaming at their monitor or they have their headphones on and they're they're fuming uh, <laughs> listening to the podcast and going, well, that's not what happened this time. But in the grand scheme of things, you, again, we're talking about general, generalities here. So well, it's, like that. it's like, how often are you sitting down across from them? It's like, oh, you're playing that head instead of that head. Yeah, that doesn't even happen either. Like, that's that's, that's also true. So, you know, like. That's also part of the issue in my opinion and it's like right. how often are you like oh look it's it's that titan master that starts off at seven cost nope it's always the two that start off at six like it's never like you know yeah i guess quake starts out at seven but like it's never like it's never oh look there's top spin and twin twist because the format it because the the uh the mechanic is what's broken like no it, it, it's not <laughs> it's 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 the it's the mechanic that's broken because they're on six drops that are also awesome yeah, like, that's chat, the problem. Chat saying, "When's the last time you saw a flame out?" That's right. The, exactly. Is that the bold two one? That's the bold two one. Right. Okay. Yeah. I I figured flame. I I was like, wait, the the uh, tough one. I'm like, no, it's flame out, not freeze out. <laughs> uh, what about what? What about? Tell me what any of the two drop ones do that aren't Briscoe. 
Go ahead. Tell me what they do. Tell me what their names are Is there and what a, they do. I, there's zero <laughs> chance I know their names. Zero <laughs> chance. No shot. Uh, one of them's probably like plus one defense. I think so. I don't know what that one's name is. I, I don't oh, know. Yeah, Tesla. I, one of them's Tesla or one of them's Stylor. I know that. So one of them is that. Yeah, Stylor is the plus one because I had that in the sealed event way back. Yeah. Um, one of them's focus one. One of them's plus one attack. I mean, one this is... I don't, we don't have to digress too far into this, but this is definitely something that we talked about when everything was getting previewed and, and getting released, mm-hmm. that... A lot of these things, it's always, and I've heard this line across um, like many card games and many sets within card games where it's always the designers want to introduce choice, but it's the same thing as in video games and other, I'm sure in many other games and other things in life in general, where it's, it's essentially a false choice because ultimately when you're dealing with numbers, there's going to be a most efficient. There's going to be one that hits the threshold that you need, and therefore all of the others are irrelevant. Now, obviously the intent was to bring in future sets, which would probably pseudo-rotate these things, so all of a sudden tough is good again because of reasons, so therefore the tough head matters, and maybe cup would matter. I don't know if we really want to stretch it, but it's just I mean, what, what, didn't work these, out that way. Which of these is plus one attack? Uh, well, I know what the one on your left is, so right. <laughs> obviously the other one. So why is this one that gives you plus one attack have the same stat in that section as the one that gives you plus three health? I understand why this one's X3. Mm. I don't understand why this one is 3X when this one should be 2-3 or this one should be 4-2. Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I don't... And that's an example of a guy that costs two. has nothing to do with the fact that it's on this side also, which is also an issue. But, like, yeah. this just literally makes no sense, like, at all. Other than this guy's rare, right? I, I mean, for the most part, I... I mean, the, don't get me wrong. The the bot modes matter on these things. Right. But I think the the other side is the, the more egregious issue of the, the stars to whatever right. it does. And I think there was just some over and undervaluing of what those were just an, ex- just an example of oh yeah yeah i yeah. agree with you i um well without so. without <laughs> just beating the crap out of wave five again in this particular meta um do you want to move into something new scott sure so <laughs> i wanted to preface this one and i'm going to kick it to you to do so in a second scott because this is the ongoing event we're in the at the time of this recording, we're in the midst of round three, and probably by the time it goes up, we'll have, you know, well, round three, will be, round three will be over. Yeah, round three will be completed. So, yeah. Yeah. and it's tentatively, well, not tentatively, it is called Titans of Siege, mm-hmm. because this is the a glimpse at what a possible rotated format would look like. So, Scott, can you explain exactly what this is and what we're looking about at when we're talking about this? So this is this is basically sets uh, three through five only. So no wave one, no wave two. But it does include um, the, the new stuff. And for anybody, audio, air quotes from Blaster vs. Soundwave. So none of the... Yeah, that, yeah, that's technically in Siege 1. Right. Uh, I call and, it out only because a lot of people may not remember yeah, or realize that. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, but, like, Energon Edition does not count. Correct. But, um... Quote-unquote, true sets. Real sets. (laughs) Uh, So the idea here is that it excises a lot of, well, a whole lot of things. I'm sure everybody immediately jumps to, oh, so you're saying PTT and Security Checkpoint are gone. But there are other things. They are gone. Yes, you are (laughs) correct if that was your first thought. But there are a lot of other things that end up getting left by the wayside. I mean, we mentioned one of them earlier in Reckless Charge. But, oh, yeah, by the way, Bashing Shield's gone. That's... What was that? What a shame. Yeah, it, that showed up a handful of times, like every once in a blue moon. So mm-hmm. there there are a lot of things, and we could sit here and list them off, but uh, Grenade Launcher is another one that I know Scott 
is probably very right. happy it's gone. <laughs> uh, very, very, very sad that one's gone. And like I said, I won't go through the whole list. We'll we'll come up with others as we're discussing things. But we wanted to take a look at what hypothetically what happens here. And there's definitely a lot of interesting things showing up even right at the outset. I mean, at this point, we're past the midpoint, technically. But even from round one, there were a lot of really interesting strategies that were popping up, and a lot of them are still doing well. Now, Dan had put together a players-to-watch list, so I think that's, I guess, as good a place as any to start, unless you feel otherwise, Scott. Um, well, that article will be up probably tomorrow, but we, we could just look at. I was just going to look at things in general, not anything, any, not anyone specific. I didn't actually pull up those players list. Okay, I just no problem. The ones that were undefeated, so. Let me kick it to you. Where did you want to start? Like, what was the first thing that caught your eye as we're now a few rounds in? So, GM wrote an article uh, that we'll link below that most of you listening, I'm sure, have seen, which is basically an overview of the format um, and what's being dominated, like what's dominating the format. I think what what I think I'd rather talk first about what is here as opposed to what isn't here and I'm surprised about. That's right. Um, so what the way I assumed the format was going to play out was basically the battle cards were going to be significantly worse because, again, I feel like the curve of battle cards has gone down whereas the characters have gone up. Um, and I was kind of hoping that we'd meet in the middle somewhere, but, like, I don't know that we actually have um, because... I think what the format has done so far is basically shown you that that when the characters are just so much better than the battle cards, if that makes sense, like there's really no way you can make up for that. As in, like break serve. If you're if you're behind, it's hard to actually turn the tide again. Like if your characters are worse, then your deck is probably worse. Mm-hmm. Um, now that being said. Even in certain archetypes that I see that are out there, so there are certain there are certain, there's a couple of different ways I think these, that we can group these categories. Is the way I've been thinking about it is there are certain decks that were built to try to take advantage of the powerful battle cards that are available. So, for example, like there are mercenary decks. Clearly, the mercenary based cards to play on the other characters are the most powerful thing you can do because there's a yep. limitation to them. Absolutely. Um, so people sometimes build mercenary decks with mercenaries in them so that they can take advantage of the powerful battle cards. So that I understand. Um, there are, you know, like, there are powerful card-drawing characters in the format and Shockwave and, and Perceptor. And so, like, if you want to play a toolbox, not literally the card toolbox, but, like, a toolbox-type deck mm-hmm. um, with a bunch of one-ofs, you could. And, you know, some of those decks have shown up. And then your old... Your, the, the staples are there, like... It's just different flavors. So, you know, Quake is by far the most deck being played, which doesn't surprise me. Yeah, um, shocker. <laughs> but, but, well, I take but, that back. I, I, and maybe you were going to go into this. Well, you said you didn't want to do the not appearing, but right, Sky Shadow right. numbers are the next other obvious one. But go right, ahead. which makes a little sense to me. But, um, but the issue with, uh, like we. We thought that the, the loss of certain battle cards would allow for certain strategies to come to the forefront, but when, when like, literally, I think it's, like, a fourth of the field is running the same deck, like, you're still going to see it a bunch anyway. There's nothing really, like, not much you can do about that. Mm. But the problem is, is that in any new format, the, the control deck is always going to be at least, like, I mean, unless you test a lot, like, the, the, the control deck's going to be multiple at least one event behind because it has to understand what it's actually trying to, to play against. Right. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to say that like, of course anything's been solved or anything like that. And I'm not surprised by what's showing up. Um, the other side of the coin is basically four wide X with multiple Titan masters. Um, usually like seven, seven, like the costs of the characters are like seven, seven or seven, eight, five, five, like something like that. Um, like I've seen a bunch of ravages show up. I've seen um, like bronze and night racers just show up as like we have the best stats at this cost type of situation. Not like it's integral to my deck to be this character. Right. Yep. Because at a certain point, it does you know sheer numbers yeah. can carry the day. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like from about like what I what I really thought was going to happen was that the loss of certain battle cards was going to, was going to allow certain strategies to to move to the forefront. The problem is, is that 
the the characters are just so much better now that that doesn't always occur. Yeah, um, it's very much front loaded so, of the well, you said it. The vast majority of your power starts in play, mm-hmm. so it, the battle cards become kind of a. I don't want to say vestigial. They're they're just a tail as opposed to, you know, being the dog itself. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing that does happen, I will say, is like, and I haven't, I haven't studied this tremendously, but I can I can assume this is what's happening. Is it is definitely very possible, and I'm not saying in a pure mirror match, but in like an aggro mirror or something like that, where like if he because the weapons, for example, in the format are just so much worse. Yes. But it's like, if you draw one that doesn't have a green on it, which we can get to later because there are some that have greens on them that aren't seeing enough play, um, in your opening hand, you're just going to be at a, a tremendous advantage because if your opponent doesn't, because you're literally just doing that much more damage. Right. There's Because when you're aggro on aggro, the weapon plus just obviously just adds, gets added to the damage. Um, so if like it, it literally a lot of times comes down to like what you're actually drawing because... Even though like pocket processors in the environment, it's it's hard to like overcome obviously the the, the number of cards you draw in the beginning of the game if you're an aggro and aggro matchup. So a lot of it just comes down to like if you drew certain things and they didn't, even in a non mirror, it can be hard. Because to me, like obviously the characters kind of even out in a way, but like especially if everyone's playing the top ones, but like I'm talking about decks that are on the same level. Like I, I clearly think there's decks out there that just weren't built correctly or just aren't playing the right lineups. But, like, if they are on the same level, a lot of it just comes down to, like, which of these which of these battle cards are you drawing and are able to make the best use out of? Right. Like, there's a clear lack of armor. There's a clear lack of armor removal. There's a clear lack of plus three weapons mm-hmm. in general. Um, so, again, like, if I draw them and you don't, I'm just ahead in that situation. So. Right. So does that kind of segue into where you want to talk about things that are missing, either from the decks or from the format as a whole? Yeah, I think I think from the format as a whole, I think what's I think to me, I think what's missing for me is um, there's just not a lot not not a lot of sky shadow. Maybe people just chose not to play it because they got tired of playing it. I don't yeah, know. That, that was kind of strange to me. I mean. It's it's even stranger in the context of Quake being so populous that, I mean, I guess, you know, like, that matchup is good, but people wouldn't have known that going in. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, where I'm coming at it is, if people were sick of the previous top decks from the, the quote-unquote normal format, so I'm not going to play Sky Shadow, you're going to jump to Quake? Like, <laughs> I don't... I don't quite get that one, so I'm curious why. I mean, we could probably do a poll and just see, ask everybody, "Hey, why didn't you play Sky Shadow?" But I think a lot of the people played Quake that played Quake in the last event, and we just had more players, so that's possible. some of them may have just played Quake. Also, is, is the way I see it. That's fair. Um, but what happens when you have, um, I, I mean, there's not as much Sky Shadow. There mm-hmm. isn't as much. There isn't as many perceptors as I would have assumed, uh, but again, I think that's probably in more relation to um, the format in general. Um, and in terms of deck archetypes, like I, I think everything else to me is pretty fairly represented. It's just it's just very slanted towards again towards aggro, and I'm sure that's intentional. But like to me, like to me, like I guess. Perceptor decks are the, are the least represented that I would have thought would have been more represented, but like mm. there really aren't a lot of like there's some shock there's a couple shockwaves in the environment, but like to me, um, like they there aren't enough of them to like make up for the fact that there aren't a lot of perceptors. There's a couple Fortress Maximuses. There's I would have to sit down and really build it, but like to me, there probably could have been more blasters. Um, although you are missing some pieces, a lot of the pieces are there. There, well, are, there, are, there are pieces to substitute uh, yeah, yeah. a number of different, both battle card and character wise. So yeah, uh, I agree with you there. I'm surprised on that. It looking through and Dan had graciously provided us a bunch of lists of what are the you know 
at this stage top performers mm-hmm. and you're right there's there's a lot of a lot of orange floating around but you mentioned all the reasons including you know this is people's first attempt the previous pillars of the last event that where people are expecting a lot of orange out of a lot of these um archetypes so that doesn't surprise me personally i i agree about perceptor i probably would have ranked the lack of sky shadow higher but basically I mean, yeah, it's interchangeable right, right, yeah it's right there yeah. yeah it's not both of them are are kind of stunning although we do have and this may support your idea that the if we kept all the quake players on quake and then just added more quake players there are a number of other people outside of quake that seem to be sticking with their guns for specific decks that they've run in other events uh yeah so they there definitely seems to be i guess a lineup loyalty to some extent that could be influencing everything because it's hey i worked with this deck i could just port it over i already know everything yeah uh there are some other blue things that are showing up excuse me or bluer things but yeah it's kind of what you'd expect it in the early stages of this sort of format yeah um and like i said there are certain things missing that um that i there there are other things like um to me from a battle guard perspective the number one thing i think is missing for me is paralyzer box um because going coming into the format and, and if you read the article that Dan had interviewed the players to watch. Um, a lot of them had said that their assumption coming into the format was going to be heavy orange, orange, black, or just black in general. Well, if you know that going into a format, you could play a weapon that's going to give you plus four all the time. Yeah, it's green, green, white. A I green mean, grenade launcher seems okay. <laughs> I mean, like it should be there, right? I mean, like if you, if you, if you have a, as long as you have a better than sixty percent chance of hitting it, which like if you look at if you were to see the deck list, like. You, there is a better than 60% chance of you hitting it, um, you would just basically say to yourself, well, I'm going to play this because I'm going to to hit most of the time and it's going to make a difference. But um, So that to me is one part I think that's missing um, often. I think there's, there's not a lot of um, increased durabilities as much as I would have thought to see. Well, like you said earlier, there's not a whole lot of... It, we we lost Bashing Shield, so the fact that that could stick around would seem impressive, but I guess yeah, it yeah, would yeah. impress enough people. Yeah, and there aren't even... Um, there aren't as many of those as I, as I would have thought to have seen, and there aren't even as many... Um, there are more enhanced power cells, uh, but to me... I mean, there are a decent amount of increased durability, but it's, it's just not as many as I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Um, there are those, those are the big like those are the big ones to me. And the other thing that I think that there's not a lot of is there's not a lot of combo hate, which is part of the problem because there is a combo deck in the environment. Well, so. I guess we might as well bring that one up. So <laughs> there was going to be somebody. Uh, I actually so this was an idea that like way back when it was first hitting hitting the streets i guess the the major d stuff around uh ei time this was on my list of okay well the way bold or the way bold the way combat works and when cards actually change zones for lack of a better way to put it because i don't know if zones are officially a thing for this game but when they go from your played combat pile into your scrap pile versus your deck versus wherever the way Bold interacts with it is one of the ways that you can enable Daring Escape, and that's exactly what the deck does and then does Daring Escape things. Which, right. personally, I think is cool. I don't blame people for, you know, being frustrated with it, but it is something that can exist. I think there are a bunch of other really cool quirks about the actual deck list. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely a distinct lack of respect for the deck although i did see some uh some answers in people's sideboards whether it's enough up to this point it hasn't been we'll see yeah and i think part of what we've learned is that the format some of the cards from the earlier waves might be needed in some of the decks to combat this um as a result of it like um like for example one of the ways to combat it in the last format was like in the wave four format for example was sideboarding into one tall by by getting thrust. Well, if you don't have that, 
and you want to play a big character deck, then you're obviously subject to problems with this deck. Yeah. Um, but I think in general, I don't know that a lot of decks necessarily are going um, taller out of the sideboard. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, that that might that might be part of the issue. Is like that, you know, it, it's not like I feel like something was tested differently. I just feel like there wasn't a lot of like there wasn't a lot of, like. I don't know. To me, if you're going to an unknown format and you're like, here's a couple of cards I can just throw on my sideboard, like, I don't think you're ever going to need to sideboard all 10 cards anyway. So yeah. you might as well just have a couple answers here or there, and there just aren't enough of them Correct. that are there. So, like, if you look at, like, the cards of people's sideboards, like, yes, there are a lot of counter-espionages in sideboards. Yes, there are a lot of... Um, but there aren't a lot of, like, some of the cards that are needed to combat this. There aren't a lot of like you know speed traps or yeah speed uh, trap anti hijack uh, even anti stealth anti yeah. stealth cards like things like that that are needed and while you can hit high numbers on it like the you are not because you don't have as many doubles for example like yes yeah, you're you're attacking for a sustained amount of damage but it's not it's it's still difficult to like uh, turn one take thirteen. Yes, it, it. We had that. I mean, in our testing the other night for something different. Yeah. But Sky Shadow Plane in the greater, quote unquote, normal format can just arbitrarily and randomly go. Well, I'm going to hit solid double digits, right out of nowhere, just for quote unquote free. It's much mm -hmm. more difficult when you can't have you know, or you can have a bunch of double orange pips. But you have to invest a much larger, pro or you have to make a much larger investment in order to do that in the form of stars, because you don't just have minimum six double pips. Which means you usually have to get lucky, quote unquote, as it is mm -hmm. to even hit them. Because I really, I think the most you can have is, I, I guess you can have technically nine, but I mean, like your deck would be terrible. So, like, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think realistically, you could probably have like five or six, like at right. most. Um, and again, like, as we've talked about, like, if the colors mean more, that might be a strategy that's, that's viable. But, um, in general, like, I, I feel like it's not something that's going to, that you're always playing for. And so, like, some of the, some of the aggro ways of beating it, um, it's, it's just more difficult to, to, uh, to hit those numbers, to, right. to deal with it from that perspective. But, and there are other factors with this particular build that, you know, we're not. There's a reason we're not putting the deck list on screen for everybody, and it's not just for DE. But uh, without getting too far into it, there are other reasons why it's it's a different beast, even though it is still a daring escape deck. Um, mm -hmm. the main, from, for, well, the main thing for me, the main thing for me, as like a summary of it, is I was hoping it would have a significant impact on by getting rid of waves one and two on what was being played. Um, and it's not. Um, and I'm not really sure that was just one. Again, I'm not really sure that was just one because it's the first event. Um, but uh, I, I think it just brings up, it continues to bring up the the dead horse of, of just the dominance of the Wii 5 characters. I think I think the stat was like 87% of the characters being played around a Wii 5 or something like that. Right. Which, I mean, yeah, it's, it is the broken record, unfortunately. And we'll see how it goes because with the event is still not completed yet. So there's still time because, well, A, obviously some of these decks could end up playing each other and knocking themselves out of contention. But also as people become more comfortable with their own builds or if we run this format again and now people have experience or at the very least, if they were testing before, now they have more experience, especially in a tournament environment, to say, okay, these things work. You even said it earlier, Scott, that the lack of blue is not to be... It's not unexpected simply because if you're coming into this event, you want to play control, you need to have the correct answers, and if it's a bunch of question marks, how are you supposed to figure out the right answers? Yeah, like, like I'll give you an example. Like, there's a couple other things I'll, I guess I can point out real quick. Hmm. Like... To me, there was also a a people didn't want, it seemed like people didn't want to take a chance that to um, to run cards that seemed like underpowered 
um, comparatively. Like, um, like there's only like ten decks are running Heat of Battle. Like that's probably just not enough, in my opinion. Like more of them probably should be seeing play because it's literally in orange format. It's literally just a white supercharge. So like. Right, every aggro deck should just be playing. Like, and to be honest, yeah. given the quantity of orange, black yeah. pips and other things, even if there were blue decks, it may not matter. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, exactly. So, oh, I'll get in for you know five pure seven as a result of the ball. <laughs> okay, right. like like thirty one decks have fusion board. Not surprised. Twenty seven decks have Cadia Crash. Not surprised. Then twenty six decks have Sturdy Javelin. Twenty six decks have Hall Matter. Twenty four decks have Rar Disruptor Blade. None of these are. None of these are surprises. 23X have, like, you know, fight position. 23X have hold the line. Like, none of these are surprises to me. Then escape capsule, magnetic dysfunction array. Like, again, improvised shield. Like, these, none of these wedge formation. None of these are surprising to me. It's just, it's, it's, it's like, but only 10 decks have heat of battle. Like, to me, that should be moved up more. You know, um, only 18 decks have disassemble. Like, I probably figure every single deck should have disassemble. Like, I don't see any reason. Yeah, that. That one, I mean, I could see forgetting, like, literally forgetting about Heat of Battle. Yeah. Uh, disassemble, not so much. <laughs> right. But then it's like, only five decks have Paralyzer Box that we already talked about. I don't think that's right. Only five decks have Sharpened Talons. Probably not right. Um, only... Chad's asking how many Force Fields. can't sort this by name. Because that's Only another one. Eight, that, oh God. Eight, decks with, eight decks with force fields. That goes right in the... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. In the category with increased durability where... Okay. There's no bashing shield. <laughs> but see, that's, that's another big thing and I can't even find it. Um, this was a big one for me. Is it's, it's, it's almost like a refusal to play the worst version of something because I don't see that many... Um, uh, what's it called? The armor thing. Reactive armor? Yeah. I only remember that, the name because I'm looking at one of the decks that did include it, and it stood out, obviously, for that, among other reasons. And how many of them was it playing? I think it only had one. I just I clicked off it, and now I can't find it again. <laughs> yeah. So four, so four decks have reactive armor. Mm-hmm. And, only one, and, and there's only five being played, so only one of them has more than one. So like that, to me... If we're talking about an aggro format, like, yes, it doesn't, like, it's not, I, I get it's not, like, immediate, like, bam, I get rid of that armor and move in, but, like, I mean, it it still pretty much does a lot of that as it is and still gives you an armor and all that other stuff. So, like, and it's also, it, it's similar to Bashing Shield, it takes up a different part of your turn, so it, whereas Disassemble competes with a lot of things now which is one of the big changes from this and we talked about it before that okay now instead of bashing shield play reckless charge or came crash or one shell standard insert whatever now it's if i disassemble that thing it competes with playing my burn it competes with setting up for next turn now you can leverage some of the like the other half of your turn or the third whatever but i think i think what happens though here is because there's no one shall stand, there's no piece of tyranny, there's no security checkpoint, there's no any of these things. Mm-hmm. I actually think the action cards are what are worse. The weapons, if it's a plus three, it's still a plus three if you draw it. Mm-hmm. So, so like to me, that might be part of the issue. Is like people would rather just. I mean, first of all, this assembles a black. So if you're playing with horrible, obviously it has synergy, and mm-hmm. it's, you know. But I would probably just play both to be honest with you. But I mean, like. I guess the other argument would be like if you know if I have if I have a hollow matter and I'd rather have the, like I don't know like to me all the quake decks should be playing reactive armor for example so yeah it would make sense for me, but I mean like I mean they can also have this they can also have this assemble looking wrong but I feel like they should all have reactive armor um, but you know it could just be something that was overlooked because. Who the hell ever played with these cards before? Yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> going back, I said it about Heat of Battle, and that one at least, you know, I, I'm sure Reactive Armor showed up in a bunch of limited decks, but <laughs> I, I can't imagine too many people sleeve that up for Constructed prior to this. So I can I can excuse that one to some extent. And, and, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, 
coming down on anybody right now. Oh, yeah, I just yeah, feel yeah. like it's, it's like a lot of people, I think, correctly assume what was going to be there. So, like, and that, I think that's very important. That's the most important basic thing to do. But then it's like, okay, so what are you going to do about that? Right. So you really have, you have two forks to go from there. Either I'm going to, I think everything's going to be here, so I'm going to build this deck to combat it. Um, which people, like, you know, some people just chose not to do because they were playing the rock decks anyway. So, like, why would they go to paper anyway? Right. Which we talked about in the past. But, like, and, you know, since Hollow Adder is the third and most popular card, well, clearly main decked, like, enough of the, the main answer card they felt like they needed for the environment. Um, so there wasn't necessarily a need to go paper if they could just adjust the rock decks accordingly. But then on the flip side is, if you know that's going to happen, there are certain cards here then that facilitate I should be playing some of this. And if it's not really costing me anything because it's it's an orange or it's a white, like these are the, like or a black, like these are the things I would expect to see right. in higher numbers. Like if you can put, you know, increased durability and the enhanced power cell, because there's a lot of enhanced power cells in play, on the same character, that's plus seven health. Yeah. I mean, so like some of these characters that are like at 15, 16 health, 17 health to start with, now you're suddenly at 24. I mean, like, you know, like at not a lot of cost, because again, there's no bashing shields. Right. So like, and not a lot of people are playing these other things. I, I don't know, just certain examples of things that I would have expected to show. I did actually see that exact scenario happen, but reprocess is still also available. Mm-hmm. And uh, that played <laughs> a part in that particular scenario. So. I mean, that gets you halfway to what you had off, off the card, you know? Like, I mean, that, and that, is, that is one thing. I mean, like, the um, the greens are worse because a lot of them are just single green or, or green. They're not green-blue or green-black a lot of times. Right. Um, so, I mean, a lot of them are worse. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's it, it still comes down to, like, there aren't a lot of greens that you can get that are going to be, especially on the upgrade side, that are that are necessarily game changing. Absolutely. I mean, it it goes back to what you had said earlier about the diverging decision of I've identified what I think is going to be showing up. What am I going to do about it? And sometimes you're just left with reactive armor. <laughs> like yeah, it, exactly. Or, and, that's the easy example because we're we're talking about these things, but there are a number of other ones where it's at the end of the day, I have to decide either I'm going to try and combat this thing or I'm going to ignore it and hope that I get there anyway. Uh, either because I'm so aggressive that it's not going to matter, I can go over the top, or the the line of play, the strategy that I'm choosing happens to just be able to bypass whatever this thing is. But if you're going to choose the answer path, and the answers are limited, well, you just got to play with what you have. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, anything else you wanted to bring up about either the decks or the format as a whole, Scott, or anything along those lines? I mean, I, I'm not actually playing any event, so I've actually had a chance to step back and watch more games. Um, so I'm enjoying watching more games. Because what, what, one thing, the other thing we've done differently in this is we've actually made rooms for people to play in on Discord. So, like, it's more publicly available to watch people play games. Absolutely, uh, yeah. So, so I feel more um, like involved in the event on purpose. Right. Um, but it's mostly from a learning perspective to try to. I wanted to see if the format was going to be any different, right? Um, and what we could do, and if people like enjoyed it more. Um, so that was mostly why I took a step back. You did bring up one thing that I wanted to call out before we close up shop, and that's the the Discord rooms. It definitely has changed the feel of the event, because this is something also that we've talked about at length on previous shows, that it's great to be able to play. We're doing, everybody's doing what they can playing online. It's cool to see, you know, I'll load up Discord and it's, oh, there's a game going on. Oh, there's five other people watching it. So it's like Mm -hmm. that's the feature match, you know, at that point in time. And typically there's, because of the quantity of people and all the things that are going on, it's very common to be able to just log on and go, oh, there's a game going. I may not be able to play right now or, you know, I'm trying to do other stuff, but I got to have the game on in the background kind of thing and watch it, which is cool. So uh, it's it's yeah. as close as we're probably going to get to, you know, everybody being in the same store or something like that for the foreseeable future. 
Yeah, and our goal for these events, and we're, we're trying it with this as, as real time as possible, is to put up as much of the content as we can right away so that people can stay involved as the event is going on. Um, and to try to simulate that that type of feeling as well as um, like give commentary as best as possible, like up to the like within a, ra- a few rounds or two. Obviously, like it, it's not as easy as like if I can't, like we said before, I can't just walk over to you and tell you how things are going. Obviously, there's a we have a chat room where a lot of that's going on, right. um, but uh, it's we're trying to simulate that feeling as best as possible for 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 the creator audience so they can understand what it's like to to play in this environment because mm. you're not going to have that feeling regardless. So um, this is the closest that we can get to to having that. So it's kind of like the cards we were talking about. You you, you make do with what you have. <laughs> you gotta you gotta work with what you've got so but i think that'll do it for this show scott uh everybody out there we're as scott was describing we're putting up stuff as quickly as we can uh definitely check out the vectorsegment.info youtube page for previous rounds and they'll be rolling as they go up there's there's some other articles in the work works can't talk (laughs) there's some other articles in the works and we're gonna have some other committee updates going forward so like I said, I think that's it. So as always, everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And Black Lives Matter.